Good evening, all. It's Sarah Krasniansky, and I'm really excited about this Jewish woman talk about midlife series. For a long time, I've been coaching people in areas such as dating and life in general, and it's been humbling and wonderful to be part of people's transformations. And more recently, as I entered midlife, and I'm doing more work with people in this wonderful and confusing stage of midlife, I decided to start this Jewish Women Talk About Midlife series. And if you'd like to have any more conversation about your midlife or anything else that's on your mind, you can reach me at jewishmidlife at gmail.com. And so tonight, welcome to Jewish Women Talk About Midlife. It's our place for laughing and quetching and supporting and inspiring and learning with and from each other in this exciting stage. And tonight we'll have a wonderful topic about with Hannah Kalbach about intimacy at this stage in our life. So Hannah, before we get started, uh, first I just want to remind everyone that you can definitely send questions in the Q&A or in the chat. And Hannah, I'm really excited that you're able to join us tonight because you've done so much work in this space. So who better than, than you to talk about this important topic? Uh, can you tell us a little bit about the work that you've been doing in general in this topic and more recently with your new um, social media work. So thank okay, you. so actually, thank you very much. I'm very excited to be here tonight. I first of all want to give you a great Yashakaya because you do incredible work. It's wonderful. And actually, I even have my son putting it on the family chat as well. So it's been really, really wonderful. I love when that happens, you know. So I've been um, a college teacher for 35 years now, um, pretty much by accident. Um, you know, I originally I wasn't going to do it. And then our first call that we sent, we sent to someone else and she didn't, you know, she ended up going out of town. They always tell my story and she ended up going to the mitzvah, but she didn't go with the love and excitement that I would have liked. And so after that, I said, if it's my husband's job to uh, officiate at weddings, and it's my job to make sure that every single person really enjoys the gift that Akadosh Baruch has given us. And so started me on my journey of really studying and learning Taras Mishpacha from every source that I could, from every class that I could. Um, and it became my absolute most favorite subject in the whole entire world. So I'm actually looking back at that, so grateful that it happened because otherwise, like my own life story or my appreciation for this mitzvah, um, and we know when the Rebbe talks about Taras Mishpacha, the Rebbe always talks about Taras Mishpacha. And Taras Mishpacha is, I always say, the system that the Abishter gave us that regulates intimate relations. And hopefully we're actually in this stage much more than we're in the stage of Nida. And so much, we don't talk about that stage. We talk so much more about the Nida stage and we kind of forget a lot of things that the focus is actually, you know, the being together. Um, so that's pretty much what happened. And then once I started teaching the girls from our shul, then people found out that I was doing that. And some of my students asked me to do that. And then from that, I started, um, you know, really training the educators and so forth and so forth. So one of, from one of my classes, uh, one of my students said to me, there is nothing on the internet that really has a Torah hashkafa. There are people that talk about intimacy and there is even Jewish people that are talking about it, but it's not really like, what does the Tyra say? You know, what, what can we learn from the Tyra? So she says, would you be interested in opening, uh, starting a Facebook group? And I'm really not on social media. I'm, you know, WhatsApp, my family, that's great, terrific. But, you know, our age is kind of, we get into it, but it's not like we didn't grow up with it type of thing, unless, you know, it becomes our business uh, or, or our life or whatever it is. I said, sure, because I always remember the Rebbe always said, you know, this is one of the most important things and we, whatever we can do to spread Yiddishkeit, you know, we can do. I said, sure, sure, no problem. And I, in my back of my head, I figured if it doesn't work out, we can always shut it down. And so two years ago, we started the Jewish Women Talk About Intimacy and we have almost 9,000 members. And I have to tell you, it has taken over my life for sure. And, but we understand and we see from how the world has blown up, talking about intimacy, good, bad, and in between, that this is the Avaida of today. That this is, we do need to get out what Tyra says. And we as Chassidim are super lucky because we have Kabbalah, we have Chassidus, and it makes you not only what is the halacha, but what is the best? What are the secrets? How do we actualize? How do we reach the potential? And that's really what makes you know, intimacy is so beautiful. It's not only what's happening, but 
how, how does it happen? How can we make it happen? How can we get the best? How can, what is it really all about? And that's why it really has become my most favorite subject in the world. Um, so we're doing that. And then from that group, because of course it's everybody's opinion, I started the Instagram, which is more like, you know, me being able to say Tyra and Cosidis and not too much argument, you know? Um, so, you know, it's interesting that when I, and I just will finish up and then we'll go on. But many times over the years, I would write into the Rebbe and the Rebbe would always say, you know, and the Rebbe says, as far as your hand does reach, right? And I was thinking to myself, as far as your hand does reach. And to me, it says, I, I, I remember always thinking about that. And I said, I guess it just means your surrounding, you know, influence. But now that I'm on Facebook and Instagram and I am writing so much, I say, now that's what the Rebbe meant. As I am reaching all over the world, just with the touch of my hands. And you're really covering some really vast topics of the full range and range audience. It's, it's an interesting to read and to be part of that. So thank you for bringing that to the world. Yeah, totally. And now we're talking about just a segment of Taz Mishpacha, which is, or is, or intimacy is our age, our midlife age. So let's, we'll keep to that part of the, the work that we talk about. Yes. So, but when we see, you talk a little bit to the intimacy as being important in all ages and all stages, and even no matter how long you're married or what age you are. So let's talk a little bit about why intimacy is so important to the relationship, no matter what stage. Okay. okay. So it, it's interesting that I think this becomes um, just as important or more important is like, really, what is the goal? What is the goal of intimacy? And a lot of times we think as we're younger, we want to have children and we kind of maybe don't think about it, but we definitely know that this is the way we have children. Um, but we do know that there is the mitzvah of Aina and the Abishter clearly tells us in Bereshis, In that one sentence, it tells us almost everything, you know? Uh, when when is a person married, when he's ready to leave his mother and father, the Davak the Ishtai Rashi says it has to be in a manner that the wife enjoys. And if she will enjoy they will become one flesh. The Abishter in his great wisdom has decided that children should be born out of this But it is two different mitzvahs. One is the mitzvah of Aina, and one is the mitzvah of having children. And we know that the Temach Tzedek is very clear that if at one point the person is not able to have children for emotional or physical reasons, they should never postpone going to the mitzvah because they cannot, maybe won't be able to fulfill one mitzvah, but they will be able to fulfill the other mitzvah, which is v'hayu levasar echad, which of course is really, really important to have that at all stages of our life. But especially as we're reaching menopause and we know that we're not, it's not about having children. It's really, we concentrate on the Vahayu Levasar Echad, that this is the source of connection, that this is the instructive that the Abishter gave as soon as he created Adam and Chava. The Abishter tells us this is the way it should be. And he tells us very clear from the beginning that the woman has to enjoy, and then it will be Vahayu Levasar Echad. So this is one of the main things that we see that's clear, that's knowledgeable, that's important for us to know. It's interesting that it, it clearly says that Women who have a positive attitude towards menopause in general will be able to come through this period or stage of our life easier because we know that everything's in our mind, right? So we always have to ask ourselves, so what do I think about menopause? What, what am I feeling? What does it mean to me? So different people can have different feelings. Some could be, it's a time when there will be no more chance of, you know, having children. My reproduction, you know, is over. Reproductive years are over. There can come with a sadness of that, even if a person wasn't, didn't have children for a couple of years. But when you know that it's actually over, can come with it like, hmm, you know, like, I guess there, there, there is this stage. And we don't know, do know that the Rebbe actually, there's letters written from the Rebbe to husbands that to be extra sensitive with your wife because of the different stages that she is going through. So, of course, we know the Rebbe was expert on, on um, stages and ages and how people feel and sensitive. 
And the Rebbe really does bring out that there's a time, yes, that a woman is sensitive. She's going through, so to say, the midlife change. It brings up all kinds of thoughts and feelings. So the question is, how should we look at menopause? What, what, it, what does it really mean to us as, as you know, from women? What, what does that stage mean? And so if we think about, I'd like to, to talk, take it from when we talk about what does, what does Nida mean to me, us? What is that stage? And then when we no longer have that stage, what can we understand from it? So it says, what, are, what is the stage of Nida? Nida actually means Nad Hashem, separated from Hashem, right? That a woman actually feels, um, it says, uh, a sadness, which comes actually at the time when she is Nida, and it says it's actually a spiritual feeling because period is a touch of blood. Blood came about as a result of Chet, right? Chet Eitz And therefore it was where Hashem was not as clear as he was before. So even though we know Hashem is there clear, but it became not as visible. And so therefore it brings this sadness. When we can't see Hashem clearly and we don't feel Hashem by our side, we kind of feel alone. And that's what a, a woman is actually experienced at the time of Nida. She's experiencing a spiritual state and her body actually feels it. And according to Chassidus, it says, how do we relieve that sadness that a woman naturally feels at the time of a period is together with her husband to join together to meticulously keep Tara Samishvacha in all its details. And so therefore she will not feel alone because what is the feeling? The feeling is alone separated from Hashem, that it's Hashem is not as visible in this world. So when together with her husband, she is going to fix the problem that Hashem is not visible. So when we're keeping Tyre and Mitzvah, it says, we know you're here, right? Therefore, that will relieve the idea of sadness. Now it says, why is it that we as women and our body is so in tune with spirituality is because what is our job? Actually, what is our mission as women? Our mission as women is to bring light to the world, to bring light to the darkness, right? To actualize and bring HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the Shekhinah down. So therefore, we are very well aware of this lack of revelation of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, this hiddenness, and our bodies actually feel it. And that's why it says the time of Nida is actually a time when we should contemplate on our mission and say, it reminds us of our mission, how can I become closer to Hashem? How can I make the world closer to Hashem? Now, when a woman is pregnant, she doesn't feel that. She's totally partnered with HaKadosh Baruch Hu in the dynamic of, of creation. She doesn't feel in a certain sense. She constantly, 24 hours a day, feels life, feels the Eidishter. You know, what happens when we're in menopause? We no longer need to experience the separation bring to a greater togetherness. So if we think about it, we are no longer in our body experiencing a lack of revelation. That our body itself now is in a state of Tara without having to experience separation. So the, the Japanese actually in, in, in medicine, they look at menopause as a stage, a greater stage where women are revealed um, and considered more holy than even before, which if we think about that in, in, in Yiddish time, it, it, it makes sense. I mean, that we no longer have to experience dam nida. We never have to experience, so to say, this, this separation or this, um, this not the stage of um, a lack of clarity, right? Which we actually know that tuma is concealment. The word tuma itself, tame, means to be concealed, right? To be buried, hatmana is to be, what is tahara is revelation, clarity. And so we no longer have to feel, see, experience concealment. We are constantly in the stage of clarity. Wow. When we learned as callas and throughout, we learned and we also experienced that the structure of on off on off is good for the relationship uh, 
and that's not here anymore with the with no more mikvah, with no more period, no more mikvah. So for those who really saw the benefits of the on-off, what do they do now? So I think we need to appreciate every stage we are in. We a lot of times appreciate stages when we no longer have them or we're no longer there. And we need to experience every stage. And I say that's the beauty of Tyra. Every stage has its particular benefit, specialty. We say every yantif, it's the best yantif because of this, or it's the best yantif. And it's true. They're all the best. So every stage for that stage is the best. So during our childbearing years, that is the best. And I always say, because Baruch who knows exactly how much separation and how much togetherness we need. That's why some people get pregnant more often, people less often. Some people have longer periods. Some people have shorter periods. When we put ourselves in the Abishter's hands, we know that it's perfect. And that's what I was saying that Rabbi Mayer said, right? That we should, that it, yes, he clearly says, in order to be more beloved to your husband, as beloved to your husband, as the day you enter the marriage canopy. Um, and so I said, shouldn't we be more beloved than the day we enter the marriage canopy? After all these years, do we really want to be the same? So I asked my sons, how were they feeling under the chuppah? Like, I wanted to know, what was the feeling, you know? So each one of them said, like, well, we were really davening that, you know, we should have a good marriage and, you know, everything we should, there should be lots of bracha in our lives and really an appreciation and to thank Hashem. And I was thinking, you know what? That's what it means. Rabbi Meir was saying the way to feeling love in a marriage is by asking Hashem for blessings, for really appreciating and not taking each other for granted, for really, you know, appreciating. It. And that's what we want to take in. And as if we take in that, it will grow and grow and grow. But if HaKadosh Baruch is putting us in a stage where we no longer experience that, it means we don't need to experience that in order for the relationship to be strong and to love. Or we no longer need that schedule to remind us to concentrate. Now we need to take all of those years of habit and we're, we're good enough at it that we need to do this now on our own. But some of us are so busy that before the mikvah kind of reminded us and without the, some of the physical reminder in our lives, some of us are so busy. So what are your suggestions on that? So my suggestion is number one, and we're gonna talk about a couple of things. What is real? What really happens when we're together? What is what really happens? Because the more we understand what really happens during intimacy, the more it will make us make it a priority. If we don't know, according to Kapel and Chassidus, what is actually happening, it's not going to happen, right? So we're going to talk about that in a couple of minutes. And number two, once we understand that, we will schedule it. We will make it a schedule, you know? And because we're busy, I say it's even more important. People say, oh, it's not so romantic. But when we're busy, it, it actually really helps the couple because then they make, let's say they pick Wednesday and, you know, Friday, of course, we know is super auspicious. Then they're not worrying. Why isn't she coming? Why isn't he coming? Why aren't we getting together? All of the feelings of not being loved, appreciated, made a priority. We don't have to worry. So you know, a woman can be doing her thing. A man could be doing his thing. We know we've set special times to be together. And I really think that's very important. And it's not like, okay, so, you know, it's not spontaneous. It could be spontaneous too. It doesn't take it away. But at least we know that it's, it's set. And that's really what the mitzvah of Aina is. It's about setting times. Okay, so this question came in actually. And we spoke about this before, about someone who's in perimenopause when her schedule is all mixed up. And sometimes it's two weeks on, four weeks off because of the bleeding, the, the, un, the erratic bleeding. So can we talk to that a little bit? Okay, so definitely perimenopause is all over the place and very different for every single person. Um, some people have their periods further, you know, there's a times when it's further away apart, you actually know, okay, I'm getting closer to menopause. And then there could be times when you can go to the mikvah and a few days later, 
all of a sudden you're going to get another one, which is why it's so important also to speak to a rub because there are times during this time when you would think I'm for sure need up, right? And go speak to the rub. If you just went to the mikvah and you're seeing something two days later, call the rub, find out, see what it is, you know? And depending of course on all the details, you'll get your answer, you know? But again, just as like in the beginning of marriage, we were running, running <laughs> to the, to the rub and everything was new. The same thing as we're going through this new, new stage. Also, there's going to be all kinds of different things going on. It's also important that during this time is we really don't know when is the last time we're going to the mikvah as it gets further and further apart. So it's important also to like appreciate the mikvah times because so many times I just miss the mikvah, you know? Um, and it's like really the pampering of ourselves, I think, and, and having that set time to really think about things. And to know, like you said, the set times when we're going to, and to feel that desire and that wanting and the building up of coming together again. So really actually take the time as we get closer to that stage to appreciate going to the mikvah. I remember I'm always constantly learning and learning and learning and always I thought mikvah was, you know, very, very beautiful and wonderful. And then a couple of years, like after I reached menopause, I learned like so many more incredible things according to the cities. I thought, oh. I really want to go <laughs> to the mikvah, you know? Um, and I had gone on for just a drop um, on bioidentical hormones um, because, of course, we know that once a woman actually reaches menopause, which means 12 years of not seeing, 12 months of not seeing a period, if there is any bleeding, she should right away, of course, take that to the doctor because she shouldn't experience bleeding after there is no more bleeding for 12 months. Um, so you're not supposed to get your period on bioidentical hormones. And I did. <laughs> so I called up my, my doctor and I said, does that mean I'm ovulating? You know, he says, no, unless you're Sarah, that doesn't mean, unless <laughs> you're Sarah, it doesn't mean that. I said, well, then forget it. I'm going off this bioidentical hormones because if, I, if it's not even a possibility getting pregnant, I'm not inter interested in the period, you know? But I was so excited to go to the mikvah because it was like, now with all these new thoughts and understanding and learning, I was actually like, took my time and really like experienced, you know? the beauty and the spirituality of the mikvah. So as we're getting closer to that, like just, we never know when that last time is. So like take advantage of it to appreciate it and even learn, learn more about the mikvah. We could be saying, hey, I have, you know, been going to the mikvah for 25 years, you know, 30 years. Like there's always more to learn. Make every mikvah experience even more special and more beautiful. So there is a lot more now on, on actually perimenopause, menopause. If you would have, you know, a couple of years ago, it was like, there was nothing out there. In the last three, three years, two years since COVID and everything's about gone on Zoom, you can go online. There's all kinds of courses that you can take. There are many more books out there. So you know that you're not feeling alone. And, but will anyone be able to tell, they'll be able to tell you what could happen. What are the scenarios are so that you feel normal in what is happening? So just going back to her question, another aspect of it is as far as the calendar, as never know when to separate or whatnot, um, should we just go to a rub and figure out the calendar every time? Well, mikvah.org has a super fantastic thing. I love the calendar. I do believe that people should have their own personal calendar as well. Um, but especially when it's coming so erratic and whatever, it's fantastic to have that because you just go, you get your reminders, you get everything that you, you know, that you need. And uh, it just makes it easy. You don't have to worry about it and carrying months and months and your calendar flipping because when is the last time? Just do it online. Yes, and you, you made Mikvah sound so wonderful again. And for someone who didn't know when it was her last time and all of a sudden there is no more time, is it allowed to go to the Mikvah again? Well, usually what people do is rush it like before Yom Kippur. So then they just take that and they use that opportunity um, to go then. It's a different experience. So there's no pampering or whatnot. It's just one of many. Exactly. Or we can, a person can actually make it. We can make it what do we want, even though, of course, before Yom Kippur and this, we're also so busy. But if you get the first one there, you know, then you can just kind of do that. And I think also pass it down to our children. You know, what we learn and we pass it on to our children um, is meaningful for us too. And the mikvahs are getting more and more beautiful. It's just like, just to see them. Oh my gosh. It's, it's unbelievable. It's Bar Hashem. Yeah. It's like, and you know, the Rebbe was always, the Rebbe always spoke about that. The, the Rebbe even said, the walls have to be beautiful. Everything about it, the Rebbe has been speaking for years and years and years, how the beautiful, the mikvahs have to be. 
you know? So finally, we're catching up to what the Rebbe envisioned and wanted from us, you know? Right. Okay, next, and a whole different topic, libido, which goes up or down at this point, or some people stays the same. Can we talk to that a little bit? Yes. So first of all, it's really important for everyone to know, just on a practical level, um, which has been proven by studies, is that for an average, and it's important to know even before that, that for an average of 12 to 18 months after a person is married, they have spontaneous libido, desire, all of a sudden they're thinking about it or they want it or their desire is very, very strong. Now, of course, with keeping the mikvah, ours actually lasts much longer than that. And there definitely is spontaneous desire for many, many more years. But what's really important is um, spontaneous desire. Like you said, is you want it, you feel it. Um, you're thinking about it more often. It's on your mind. Reactive desire is more something is going to happen. Something happens and therefore it wakes up your desire. That is, especially when a person reaches menopause, like we said, some people do have higher libido, but in general is like, know that it is normal. It is normal not to have spontaneous, not to think about it, not to want it, but to know that very often, if we are willing to open ourselves up to the idea that once things start happening, we will be able to get put ourselves into it and definitely be happy and excited and you know it'll be enjoyable so but i i definitely think and what i do want to get into is like so what is happening when we are together because especially us who are brought up to i think that we're influenced very very much by by what is happening when we understand how important it is so i'd like to talk about a couple of things of what actually happens when we are together and why is it so important to make that a priority. So first of all, it says that we know that mitzvah aina is a mitzvah. It is a mitzvah. And um, there's actually a very interesting story, which I always tell of a gentleman who was a little bit older and he went to his rav and he said, I want to know if I'm obligated in this mitzvah. You know, I'm older, I'm tired. And if you want to know, I, I, um, I have absolutely, I, um, I spoke to my wife and she's, she's my, well, she said, it's okay if, you know, we're not, okay, we're not together. And he said, I want you to know, you are obligated in this mitzvah until the day you die. And if your wife is willing to give it up, then you have never kept it properly in your life. And so there's many things that we can learn from that. Number one, this is a mitzvah. This is a mitzvah, Baruch Hashem, forever. It's not just till a certain age. This is a mitzvah that we need to make a priority. And yes, we can put everything on our husbands, but it's about bonding and about, about us also taking charge of making it pleasurable for ourselves and understanding that it is. And if it's not, to do something about it. And it's never too late for that to happen. Like if a woman doesn't feel it's enjoyable and she feels it's just another chore and she's not really into it and she thinks she's doing a favor for her husband, it's never too late. Find out why. Why do I feel this way? Why has this happened? Where, what's going on? And understand that this is a beautiful mitzvah. And we know that when we do a mitzvah of the Eibishter, we are connecting with the Eibishter. So this mitzvah connects us. And according to Rabbi Yaakov Emdin and the Mamaral of Prague and the Alter Rebbe and so many, it says, this is nothing. There is no mitzvah that is greater. So a lot of times I'll say, so what, what mitzvah do you think has the greatest holiness? Shabbos, Kashros, Taira, you know, everything and every, everything is. But what ain't pe'ula k'daisha haimena? You know, in a world where we're trying to work smarter, right? Not harder, smarter, so that we accomplish more. This is the secret. Priority. We can accomplish. What are we accomplishing? What are we accomplishing through this mitzvah? Number one, we are connecting with the Abishter. We're doing his mitzvah. We're doing his ratzai. Number two, we are resembling the Abishur. Abishur says, be like me. He created us with Talmeno Kudmaisenu in his image. How, where do we actually achieve 
the likeness of the Abishur. Zachar or Mikeva Bara Aisam. He created us as one. Through intimacy and the act of creation is the closest two human beings can come to resemble the Abishur. So if we want to be like the Abishur, we want to be Tzalem Eloikim, this is how we do it. And what happens? Abishur, the Shrina comes down. And it actually says that a woman, it says sometimes a husband should question himself and put his desire in check and ask and find out, is this, you know, is this considered indulgence? Is it considered mitzvah? Sometimes, you know, think about that. But it says that a woman, when she desires relations, she should actually listen to the desire because she is spiritually in tune with Gedlachkeit. And it is a message to her that it is time to bring the Shekhinah down into our home. Wow. Today, sometimes our desire is a little bit <laughs> messed up because of medication, because of stress, because of you know birth control, because of a lot of things. But we have to think to ourselves, one minute, how should it be? Why isn't it that way? How can I make it happen? And I find that what's so important for us women is to actually know what should be. We're not perfect. It's not always going to be. There's, like you say, we're full of, you know, busyness and, and, and things going on in our life. But reminders, how should it be? What can I do about it? Why is it not? Let me find out. Is it my medication? Is it my diet? What's going on in my life? Right? Because we want to be able to get the messages, so to say, to bring down the Shina, which of course affects our family and the entire world. Another wow. thing that it says, which for me, this what when I when I learned this was like, this is like more than unbelievable. What happens when it, when we are down here and we become the Hayu Lavasar Echad? What happens above? What happens above is we bring unity and oneness to the Abishur himself. We say, right? We're bringing oneness from Hakadosh Baruch Hu and Hashina. The masculine and feminine aspects we are bringing one. It says actually the Abishur needs us. To be one down here to affect oneness above and then for it to be revealed in this world. So could you imagine? I mean, for me, that was like, whoa, the Abishur needs us, right? This is, this is the greatest Pula in order to bring the oneness of the Abishur down in here. I mean, us simple people have such a partnership with the Abishur and we have this ability to bring oneness to the Abishur. It's beyond incredible. And actually, it says one of the reasons that, um, just a side note, is that unless it's mikvah night, the first two nights of Pesach, we're not together, right? It's, it's uh, according to this, it's a time to avoid. But it actually says, because the Abishur doesn't need us then. He can do it all on his own. Wow. You know, I always think it's because drinking too much wine and, uh, you know, but it's like, wow, the Abishur actually needs us to be together, to affect his oneness, to reveal it in this world. And that's, why, and that's why I think that this is the priority of today. This is why the world has blown up talking about intimacy. People are more open. You find more people are able to talk about it. You know, it used to be, first of all, people were, didn't talk about it. And if they did, it was like really, really one-on-one. Um, -on -one. And today we see, I don't know if it's a good thing or bad thing, it's the reality of the world because because there's so much misunderstanding, because there's so much misconception, because people don't have where to go. And the Rebbe actually said, we need to talk about it from the pulpits. The Rebbe said this years ago, we cannot be embarrassed. This is a mitzvah like any other mitzvah. We need to talk about it from the pulpit. And so therefore, but why is it actually happening much more than it has in the past? Because this is the secret that will usher in Mashiach. Because what is Mashiach? Unity and oneness. How do we reveal Hashem's unity and oneness? Through us being intimate. It affects the Abishra's oneness and it brings it into this world. Yeah, but nonetheless, I mean, we, we all get that in the spiritual sense. We're busy, we're stressed. We're not in the mood. 
So what can we do practically, practically, and it doesn't have to start at night, it can start probably breakfast time. What can we be doing to get us in the mood or as to even remember that, you know, by the time we come at night and we're just exhausted. So is there anything, any practical suggestions? Okay, so first of all, I definitely believe in scheduling. It's a big one. And I think it's really important because if you schedule your whole rest of your week, you're busy with yourself running, doing, it's not on your mind. You don't feel guilty. It's scheduled. This is what we do. This is when I'm having it. It's like, you know, if you don't write it down, it's on your mind. It takes up space. So, so to say, write it down. This is the schedule. It's in the schedule. And so therefore we can prepare for it. So prepare for it can mean just taking a relaxing bath, you know, um, taking time to give ourselves a little bit, you know, downtime so that we actually, like we put it as part of the schedule. Each person knows what do they need. Another thing is watching your food. Big suppers, forget it. That's why Friday night, so many people don't get together Friday night. Why? Challah, wine, boom. What happens after the meal? You fall asleep. Proven. If we want to be awake, healthy supper. Protein and, protein, and, protein and vegetables. And exercise. Exercise. Really important. You know, it's so important. Um, it's so important. Um, exercise. We don't realize until we stop doing it. That's right. It's really, really important. You know, especially as we get older and menopause and we lose bone mass, you know, and, 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 our, and, and, you know, our hormone levels go up and down. Food, exercise is super important. Me time, super important. You know, today there are all, all kinds of breathing techniques that a person can learn to really just like center themselves. Like you said, we're going through so much or so much emotions. Like I say, as our children get married, I think they need us more, not less, you know? And, sure. and you know, we think, yeah, we think to ourselves, like, oh, I remember my son said, um, my son said, my, my son said, um, when, when he was getting married, he says, ma, don't have to worry about me anymore. <laughs> As <laughs> so in, I said, so I, yeah, so I said to him, really now, I said, I have to worry about you and I have to worry about your wife and your children. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like that doesn't happen. It doesn't get, you know, less, yeah, with Baruch Hashem, you know, got them a chuppah and a beautiful wife and a marriage, but there's always, our life does get busier, Baruch Hashem. You know, I say it's like, we need bigger homes as our children get married, you know, not smaller homes in a certain sense, because Baruch Hashem, we want it to be a grand gathering place. So it's also about really learning um, how to center ourselves, how to relax, which definitely is. Um, so all of those things are really, we have to really make our health a priority. If we want to be healthy for our children, we want to be there for our children, we need to be healthy ourselves. If we want to be enjoy in the intimate area of our life we need to be healthy ourselves it's really important we if we're not we're not we're not going to enjoy we're not going to feel libido we're not going to we're going to feel tired we're not going to even want to be willing to get to the place where we're open to allow ourselves to enjoy so all of those things are are super important and it's not selfish it's right. it's selfless actually that if we want to be there for our children, our community, our husband, everything else, we need to take care of ourselves so that we can be there for all of those things. But I really think that is, it's knowing that it's a priority because bottom line is we know that whatever we women make as a priority, it does happen. You know, Shabbos Yantif happens because we make it a priority. Whatever we think is important is going to become a priority. So when we understand how important it is, and, and this is another amazing thing, is that Rebbe speaks actually that when a husband and wife are um, together, that they have the ability to correct any um, problem in their children, both physically and, and spiritually. Wow. That why? Because everything was decided at conception. And so therefore if we are reenacting, so to say, conception, right? And creation and being one, we actually have the ability to fix anything that needs fixing. So there's just so much going on there that it's like, how could we miss the opportunity? We do, we, we'll do anything for our children. We'll do anything for the Abishter. We'll do anything for, 
you know, our staff, we, we will. Well, this is the most important. Fascinating. Okay, as this in, in your experience, Andrew, you do know that in the beginning of menopause, the beta goes down. Does it come back up or is it just going to stay down or um, down? Or? It really, um, different people are different. So it's like also pregnancy. You know, some people have a much stronger libido. Some people have less. Same thing that happens during menopause. Some people feel menopause is like, oh, I don't have to worry about my period anymore. I don't have to worry about this. I don't have to worry about it. And, and, and actually it goes up. Some people it goes less. And then yes, you know, as they reach menopause, it will, they'll start feeling more like themselves. But I definitely feel that it still is, re and there are different things that people can do, you know? Um, you know, there's different questions that what I'm in general, a, a more, I take the more natural approach. Um, and there is definitely a, a difference of opinion of bioidentical hormones. Are they really different? Are they not? You know? Bioidentical Bio hormones. So they're, they, they mimic what the real hormones look like. Um, and so they're not hormonal. And so any, a naturopath, uh, like they, they will, you know, say, oh, do that. There are other ways of doing it. I think really keeping ourselves healthy through diet, through exercise, um, will definitely have, I definitely think a person should test their hormones, like find out what it, you know, are their hormones low? Are there, what, what exactly is going on them? And then figure out with a provider, like, what can you do about it? It's really about, like a lot of times, you know, a woman in general, I don't know, and I guess I'm speaking for myself, but I do see it. Unless there's a real big problem, we ignore it. Right? Mm -hmm. As long as long as things are like riding along and we can get by, we're, but really that's not what we should be doing. We should be, if we're feeling sluggish, tired, depressed, sad, which goes along with all of that, go check it out. And, and my route is really go to a naturopath, you know, take the natural path and find out, you know, different herbs or tinctures or different things that you can have that will actually really help you to go through this stage. Don't just accept it. We're, we're in general, very accepting people, you know, and okay, no. So if we know it's priority and we see that, hey, we're not getting together because we're sluggish, because we're tired, because we're depressed, because we're not feeling well, because we have no libido, do something about it. So uh, for those who are listening, uh, we had Sarah Khan and Silverstein talking all about how to do this with uh, herbs and more natural. So you can listen to that recording. Yes, I totally believe in that. Right. Don't, 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 let's not accept. Let's be proactive. Let's know it's important. And... It's and we have many, us. many years left. We have many years left. We're just many just, years. Just beginning of midlife. Just beginning. So and that's what they say, you know, today. And that's why you see so many women. Um, they say, like, um, at 50, they start a new career. You know, they change life changes over. And the truth is, many times we need to do it. We need to be more flexible. We need to be able to fly to our children. We need to help them with their having kids. So sometimes that really just fits in, you know. So embrace life. Like, no, like you said, there's so many years life. We want to um, be healthy and, and that, that affects this area as well. So when we know that it's a priority and we see that it's not happening, let's figure out why. Okay. Someone wrote in that if you have uh, a dryness, which is sometimes an issue of vaginal dryness, someone mentioned sea buckthorn capsules. I just wanted to mention that. Yeah. So first of all, there is, um, I, I actually really like, there's a, there's a, um, she's three-time board certified doctor. People can actually look her up. Her name is Dr. Anna Kabeka. Um, and she actually is um, um, a doctor, a gynecologist, you know, obstetrician who turned natural, naturopath, who actually went the natural What's room. What's her name, Dr. Anna? Dr. Anna Kabeka. I actually like her, her stuff. She's actually a, a from Nanju. <laughs> and, um, but her whole approach is very wholesome. Uh, it's interesting. She actually turned around her own infertility later on in life. She went in early, uh, early menopause and turned around because she wanted to have a child, but her stuff is really very good. And she actually has, um, um, it's, 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 it's very good. It actually has all kinds of really natural stuff that you can actually just put a little bit, tiny bit right in the vaginal area, which is helps with libido, helps with all kinds of things. You can, everyone can look it up. It's called, uh, Jolva. 
J-U-L-V-A, actually not available in Canada, only avail available in the States. Um, it's actually wonderful. It is actually good. Dryness is an issue um, for many people. And the natural way is also, uh, natural lubricants are good, but you could use um, anything. You can uh, really, almond oil, olive oil, coconut oil, if a person is not prone to urinary infections, even saliva, you know? Um, so at the same time, also we want intimate relations to be pleasurable. Pelvic floor specialists have become a really big thing. So after all years of childbearing and in our day, it wasn't a big thing, you know? Um, if we see that something is painful, doesn't feel good, not enjoyable, check that area out as well. There's so much that we can do today, so much that is open. Um, so many wonderful people in the field. It's really about the agencies just letting us know, hey, look, take care of your health. The sign is if something's not working, there's something you need to do to make it happen. You know, it's just a sign. So let's take the sign and, and do what's best for our health, which is really important because it affects every part. We know that intimate relations is extremely beneficial for women. And that's why it's actually the mitzvah of Aina was given to the husband because it is good for our mood. You know, it's interesting when I first started teaching Taras Mishpacha. So I used to always teach and, and say that when you keep Taras Mishpacha, you don't need headaches anymore because, you know, you have two weeks for have headaches. But then, of course, I learned that for many people, not for everyone, but for many people, intimate relations will actually relieve headaches. You know, so I said, so if you say I have a headache, dear, your husband can say, I can help you, you know, so we actually know that it's really good. It, it, it builds your immune system, you know, um, which is interesting that the Abishter sent our husbands home, no work during COVID, right? That was a very good thing to build the immune system, you know? Um, it, it, it has so many incredible benefits, both emotionally and physically, that we need to understand this is, this is really beneficial. So we, we, we actually want it. It actually says the oxytocin that we release actually lasts an, actual, um, an average of two or three days, which if we talk about that in average, we should try to be together about twice a week, according to Moshe Rabbanim today, right? That kind of just fits into, into the storyline. So for all those reasons, we want to make it a priority and we want to discover what, what's happening. If it's not happening, what could, you know, what could we do to, to fix that? So it's just really an indication of, our health, our overall health, um, which is which is incredible, really. Which is that even though we don't think we need it, or it has all those benefits, that once we actually do, then we actually get those benefits, even if our minds right. need it. Exactly, and and a lot of times we don't even realize, like you know, and when you're as you don't realize the benefits, or we don't notice the lack of benefits, but it re it really is if we study it and we understand it. We see that besides, of course, the, the most important, which is the closeness and the unity and the oneness, which we can't ignore. And we have to make sure that we have to nurture it at all stages of our life. So I always say, you know, intimate relations bring us one with the Avishter, one with our spouse, and and um, and one with ourselves. And of course, it's really important. One of the things those is that we know that this Shina comes down, it says, right, that there has to be incredible joy. So our job is to bring our joy, to and it says to bring our passion to intimacy, because how do you become one is only, I, I always give the very famous muscle. I say, how can two separate people really be one? How is that possible? Like we're so different. We think different, we feel different. We act different. We look different. How is it possible? So I always say, um, you know, in my aunt's cookbook, Spice and Spirit, there's buffalo wings, which my kids absolutely used to love. Now I make it with olive oil, but I used to make it with margarine and it's margarine, soy sauce. <laughs> we've, we've transformed our cooking, right? right. Um, uh, soya sauce, hot pepper sauce, ketchup, and then this margarine. I said, how do you, how do you make it that you make a sauce to just pour over the wings and you don't see any separate ingredients? Right. How do you do that? How do you do that? Right, mixing them. Mixing how? If you just mix, just, if you kind of just mix it, are you going to be able to blend that margarine and the ketchup and the soya sauce? What do you need to do? Whisk it. I'm not sure where you're going with it. Whisk, whisk it. A lot, a lot of stress, a lot of power, right? Or what's another way to mix all that and make it a sauce? I don't know. I'm not the cook. I'm the, so that metaphor is not going to work for me, but you tell. 
you're gonna put it in a pot. You're gonna put all the ingredients in a pot. What are you gonna do? You're gonna boil it. You're gonna boil it. So it says, if we really want we need to bring our passion to intimacy so that we can accomplish Interesting. Okay, as we get older, our husbands get older too. And what was her question? Um, I guess her question was about Viagra. Do you know halachically that's, an issue, that's allowed? Um, it is, it, uh, according to halacha, it is allowed. The mitzvah of Aina does apply, like we said, forever. So therefore, what a couple needs to do um, to be able to make that happen, of course, everyone should speak to their rav, but is definitely recommended because this is an important thing. Now, I think it's also really important um, as women, we're the ones who are always doing research. We understand things. We know more things that are going on. Also, men have a lot of stress too. And as you get older, you know, if they're going through a hard time, there might be a little bit of that problem as well. But I think number one is just letting the husband know is like, this is the mitzvah of togetherness and oneness. Just like a woman kind of is willing to see, you know, to, to get into it. So to like, to, uh, to assure our husband, it's not, the most important thing is that we are together. If it works, great. And if not, we spend time together. That's what's most important. When we take off the pressure, also a husband will be more willing to, because for a man, that's very embarrassing. He feels that he doesn't feel manly. He'd rather just kind of avoid that area if that is happening, you know? Um, of course, if it's happening for every once in a while, if it's happening for a short while, it could just be stress and things that are going on and just relieving the stress can have a, you know, really be beneficial. If we see that as longer, we definitely do want to check it out by the doctor because, you know, certain things that, you know, but it's not getting to that part, you know, and there's definitely Baruch Hashem today. There's so many things that we can do. And the same thing, it's also for the man, it's his health. What's going on? You know, why is it happening? It, where is it? And we definitely want to do it. But if we come from, from a place of love and concern and say, you know, this is so important for us, why don't we check it out? It's very different than being upset. Why is it not happening? Um, and of course, we want to do that. Right. But on the other hand, if both of you don't care as much, as you're still saying that go to the doctor because there's something that's going on. Even if yeah. both of you are willing to forego it, but there's still... You want to check it out. You want to make sure. Right. Okay. Another question. If your husband wants it much more than twice a week, I don't know what the number would be, and the wife feels that she doesn't need it so much, Meaning that he has a much stronger desire. I don't know if that's, I don't know from the questioner if that's new to the to relationship or was always like that. But what do you, what do you suggest? Now let's, let's go with assuming that it's newer, that she wants it less than he or, and or he wants it more than he used to. Um, it's hard to answer that on, on, let's say, a public forum because there's so many things that are involved in giving that answer. In general, um, I do feel that as husbands and wives, we should be looking out for each other and as much as possible, you know, to be there for each other. You know, if a woman is worried that it's, you know, this doesn't make sense or what's going on or if it's new, then she can always reach out to her college teacher, to her rav, you know, to her mashbiya and just know that it is fine. The most important thing that I say to a woman is don't fake it. Like, you know, like, there, a good intimate relations are, are made up of three things. Oh, wow, that was amazing. That was really nice. I'm so happy just to be together with you. And all three of them means your desire is there because it's the desire to connect. And therefore, if we're able to do that, that's fantastic. If a woman is no longer there, her, her desire isn't there and she's not able to be there, then she needs to have the conversation with her husband. And sometimes um, if the times that we're together, we make more meaningful, then a husband maybe doesn't necessarily want more. But sometimes if a husband feels he can't get it or the wife is unhappy to be with him, then you know how the desire is, you want more and more because, because it's on there. And that's why, again, I think scheduling is really good. So if the, if the wife can say like, I love being with you, not like, oh, again? You know, and, and the other way around is like, I love being with you. I'm kind of feeling overwhelmed. Can we set times and really spend? Would that work for you? You know, but definitely we want to be there for each other. Like we don't want to, I said, we don't want to say, what would we want if it was turned the other way? How would we want the person to react? And if a person can't, 
I'd love to, how about we schedule time tomorrow? Or I really love being with you or whatever it is. The goal is we really want to try to do it, but we have to figure it, we have to figure it out. And like we said, on an individual basis, it's easier to advise, you know, what to do. Um, but, you know, definitely there are some people who will want more, you know, than, than twice a week. And it really has to be that both the husband and wife are enjoying and, 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 and are connecting um, and it's part of the, you know, of, of this relationship that they're, they're both sharing. Okay, thank you. Honey, you spoke before about fixing things from conception. Can you elaborate on that? Um, well, it says that at conception, everything about the child's life is decided, right? Physically, spiritually, trials, tribulations, Baruch Hashem, good things, good happenings, you know? Um, everything's decided at conception. How is this child going to be? What kind of child is it going to be? So when we want to correct or influence, right, anything that may be not be perfect, and nobody is perfect because we're not perfect human beings, right? So we need to go correct it the same way at the point in the way that it actually came to be. So if it came in being at conception, then through doing the act of conception, we actually have the ability to fix and repair anything that might not be perfect, whether it's physically or spiritually. Because we know that the Friedrich Rebbe clearly told us that when we take our children to the doctor, we are only dealing with the symptom. We are not dealing with the problem. The problem is a lack of tara in this world. Now, of course, it doesn't mean you, you, you. It means So even if our tara is perfect and beautiful and wonderful, right? Um, that means we have to spread it because like I always tell my students, my tara affects you, your tara affects me. We are all connected together. So, and we know that we said Taras HaMashpapa doesn't mean just the details of separation. It means the details of togetherness, right? And of course, as Chassidim, we are privy to a lot of really good information of how to make it really Kedushadik and holy and, and access the power of everything really, you know, through intimacy. Um, so through actually perfecting our intimacy and heightening the level of Kedusha in that area, um, we have the ability, the Rebbe tells us, not my words, to fix any deficiency in our children, which is and, wow. Really wow. You think about it, it's like, wow, you know, sometimes it's like, what can I do? What can I do? You know, there's so many things we can't do, you know, but there are certain things we can do. So, we can affect all our kids with all one, kids. in one night. We can affect all the kids. It's not like you have to have intention of one kid tonight, one kid tomorrow night. That's right. Exactly. Okay. Uh, someone else wrote that she doesn't like how her body looks. And so that's why she's holding back. Do you have anything to say to that? That's a biggie. <laughs> that is a biggie, especially as we reach menopause. I was just talking to one of my students and I had... I had told her also that I'm trying this and I'm trying that. I'm doing all kinds of things. I haven't found the secret yet, but <laughs> like my sister say, honey, you're the oldest. You need to figure this out for all of us. But so if anyone's listening and has some good, really secrets, I would love to hear them because I haven't found the secret yet. And I have tried definitely different things. Um, so that's a biggie as we, and I was speaking to my students and she says to me, I was walking past the window and I, and I can't recognize myself. You know, can't recognize that. What is that? You know, and um, but what I, I always think we need to remember is what is it says? What is the most attractive thing in a woman? Her mind. Her mind. What else? Her eyes. Her eyes. I don't know. What, what 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 draws what draws people to people? Her Who are you drawn to in a room? Her personality. Her personality. Smile. Yes, our attitude. Our attitude. That really is the most attractive. 
And guess what? Sometimes it could be influenced. When we look at stuff in the mirror, we're going to think, oh, you know, <laughs> we don't always feel so happy and, and whatever it is, you know, but we need to stop ourselves. And we need to say, you know, like my kids used to look at my varicose veins and they say, oh my, you know, even though I went to a, a reflexologist and she told me I should go to the doctor and she's going to get me a vein specialist just to make sure that it's healthy. You see, that's what I mean. It's interesting. I went to her, you know, um, and she said, just, just for your health, just go and, and check it and see if they can do it. Because as you age, it gets thinner and that could be like, could be problematic. So but I always used to look at it and say like, that's when this child and this is this child. And I said, my feet are beautiful because when I look at it, I think of all of you that I had, Baruch Hashem, you know? And so we look at our eyes and say, listen, you know what, Baruch Hashem, it's a body that gave us our children, that took me through life. Um, yes, we shouldn't ignore it because I say it's important to be healthy. And we know that the more in shape we are, um, the more, first of all, we will go through menopause easier. We will be healthier longer. We know the biggest problem is when we are overweight, it causes all kinds of other health issues. So we don't want to ignore it, but we don't want to become depressed by it, you know, because it's easy. You know, it's easy. Like, oh, I don't want to, I don't feel good in my clothes. I don't want to get dressed. I don't want to go to the wedding. But of course that's the worst thing. Like, like no, we cannot like let ourselves get there. Like we say, no, I'm going to go out. I'm going to smile. I'm going to feel good. And yes, I'm going to continue looking. So that I'm going to be healthy. healthy. So someone told me, yeah, someone said, you don't want to lose weight. He says, because whatever you lose, you want to find. You don't want to find it. He says, you want to get rid of it. <laughs> I said, yes, okay. I want to get rid of it. It's a mindset. It's a mindset. It's just a language that we use in America, but still the yes. mindset through. And I, and I think it's really also about accepting whatever feelings are coming up. Like, don't like push it away, or I shouldn't feel this way, or, you know, I'll... No, it's okay. We are going through differences. We are going through challenges. We are, like you said, busy and like have a lot in our life. We can't, we need to be kind to ourselves and we need to be, you know, gentle. And we can change our, well, in a way, if we can change the clothing we wear that looks better for us and the jewelry and the glasses. And yes, we can, we can work with what we have. Exactly. I was just reading, get rid of the clothes that are like laughing at you, you know, <laughs> they're making you feel bad about yourself, you know, There's some wonderful clothing out there. So, yeah. yeah. All right. Honey, final thoughts. This is so great. This recovered so many things. Any final thoughts? My final thoughts are. We need to appreciate whatever stage we're in. The Abister is a great Abister. He made everything perfect. And it's just us imperfect human beings who need to tune in to the Abister's perfection. And through tuning into his perfection and the learning, really, for, for me, really, it's about learning. What helps me make a priority is when I know how important it is. You know, and, and, and th really thinking about it. And by tuning in to the Abister's perfection and really, you know, making his will our will, right? So what is the same perfect So that the Abister will make his will, our will. It's a beautiful relationship, you know? And the more we, we actually do that, um, the more we are becoming the person the Abister created us to be, you know? And I think that's really sums it up. I was talking the other day. I used to say like, what would you want it to say? I mean, Mashiach is coming. We're not going anywhere. But, you know, after 180 years, you know, like, what would you want it to say on your tombstone? So I used to always say, like, I tried my best. Then I don't want to know. I, I just changed it a few days. Not I tried my best. I did my best. Right. And, and so I just want to end with the answer that the, that the Rebbe, I wrote into the Igris one time. It's going through a very big decision. And the Rebbe said to me that we should know that we are shluchim of the Abishter. And we know shluchim shall adam to my side. And if the Abishter is a call yachol, then that means that we who are his shluchim also can do anything. We can do anything because we are the shluchim of the Abishter. The Rebbe continued, and if you feel that you can't do it, then it's because you are forgetting who shliach you are. And so we need to reconnect. And the truth of the matter is, thinking about it, what is the way to connect to the Abishter? 
what is the way to become godly, what is the way to resemble Hashem and bring down the Shekhinah and bring down the Abishra's oneness in this world that it's, we can feel it, that we can have clarity is through being together, through intimacy. And during the stage of menopause, we can concentrate on it. We don't have to concentrate on the separation. We don't have to concentrate on going to the but We don't have to concentrate on the video because we don't have to do that anymore. So we really have the ability just to concentrate on perfecting the intimacy, perfecting the closeness, making it a priority. And there's nothing greater in the world. Wow. That's a nice way to end. Thank you, Khani. How can people reach you? And once again, to say about your uh, Facebook um, So the Facebook group is Jewish Women Talk About Intimacy. There is everybody representative of all colors of, of Baruch Hashem, the, you know, beautiful um, our people. Um, so it's Jewish Women Talk About Intimacy. You have to answer the questions and then we let you in. I love, I love, I love when people who are keeping Taras Mishpacha are able to answer or say good things and positive things. Because of course, like we know, we hear a lot of the problems, but we really want to promote the beauty uh, of Taras Mishpacha. So anyone who can add or answer, we really appreciate that very much. Um, and then they can follow me on Instagram, which I love, love, love. And I'd love you to follow me because the more people who follow me, the more we can spread the word. So by following me, liking it, um, and you can do, it's at Hannah Karlbach. Um, and if you can join, that that's fantastic. I kind of took a break for the last couple of weeks, but um, we are getting, getting back on that. Also on Jewish Women Talk About Intimacy, under um, guides in the group, you will see all of the webinars that we have, um, almost weekly webinars, all about different things, building passion, how to be present during intimacy. Um, do you need do you need to have the big O, you know, orgasm in order to be satisfied? There's a lot of really wonderful things, plus a lot of relationship things. This, as women, we know this is our priority. We are spiritual. You know, it's 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 our mission. It's our it's it's our mission. It's good. It's it's good work. Sometimes entertaining, but it's good work there. <laughs> definitely, definitely. And if anyone wants to reach me, Dvora Krasniansky, I've got jewishmidlife at gmail.com. And uh, you can send me any questions or any topics that you'd like us to cover in the future. And uh, thank you and good night. Thank you, Khan. Yeah. And they can always private message me through the Instagram, Hana Karbach at Hana Karbach. All right. Thank you all. Good night, honey. Good night.